All right. Well, welcome everybody. This is Matt Ryan with All Roads Lead to Real Estate. And I'm here with a special guest uh, once again. It's actually been a couple weeks since I was here. I was sick last week, so I apologize for not putting something out. But I have uh, Chris Kilty with me. Welcome, Chris. Welcome, Matt. Thank you for having me. This is my first podcast, so I don't know what I'm doing, which is probably a good thing. It's perfect. I um, should have fed you shots. It would have been even more interesting. If it was a uh, Friday <laughs> afternoon, we would be doing that. There you go. Well, uh, we're close. It's Thursday. Um, but uh, I just want to give you a little quick introduction so people know who you are. So you are one of the partners and owners of Lawyers Express Title. Correct. And you've been one of my preferred, I wouldn't say one, my preferred um, uh, title company that's local here in Maryland, uh, specifically in the Towson area, Lutherville area for years. And so I've been fortunate to have linked up with you guys years and years ago. And um, and so it's been a journey as I have grown my business and you guys have been um, amazing partners and helped me close a lot of transactions that might have not otherwise closed. So first off, I want to give you some gratitude there. Thank you for everything you guys have done. Well, we appreciate that and we appreciate everything that you've done. I've, you know, it's it's interesting through this business, you learn and grow from the people that you work with. And we've learned and grow to, grown a lot with you because, you know, you're cutting edge technology. I mean, I just drove in your Tesla and I'd never <laughs> driven in a Tesla before. So it was quite interesting to hear how ingrained you are in technology and to see, you know, um, how you've become an expert in it. And obviously we're sitting in this room, which Looks like, like a spaceship. It's being in a spaceship, even though it <laughs> yeah. doesn't look like it. Uh, never worn earphones and talked on a microphone all at the same time. Yeah. Um, so it's it's been a pleasure working with you and your team, and you've had great teams. And, you know, we've actually um, brought on um, one of our uh, salespeople was from one of your former teammates. Right. Um, so it's been just, you know, a great relationship. I, I hope you know how much we appreciate it. Um, and... Uh, you know, it's just been a very interesting ride the past, you know, three years, obviously, but, but the past, I mean, I think we've been working together for quite a while. I, I can't recall. It's probably over 10 years. I think it has been. Um, and you know, seeing everybody grow is, is yeah. really very cool. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been great, but it's one of the things that's interesting to have you on a podcast to feature you in this way, because I can tell you from a client's perspective you're behind the scenes kind of it's the things that they may not know they don't typically ask and shop title mm -hmm. the way that they might a lender or the way that they certainly shop agents sometimes mm -hmm. in my position and so if you're listening to this and you have bought a home or thinking about it and you're not super familiar with what a title company does and the value that they can bring and i just think it's great to highlight that because you take it for granted. And I think when you hire a good agent, which I always think they're the kind of central piece to a transaction, because if they're good, they should have relationships that you get to enjoy the benefits from. Yeah. And so one of the things that you taught me was you're basically the surgeon, you know, you're in the operating room and every surgeon has their, their preferred nurse, anesthesiologist, preferred, you know, um, operating room perhaps, but, and, you know, when I'm like, how do you, you know, how do you sell everybody and how do you, you know, get us to be your preferred? And, and you said, I'm the, I'm the surgeon. I'm the one who is saying who everybody's going to use because I know that surgery is going to go right. I know that real estate transaction is going to happen without you having to pay attention to every single detail where, you know, we're basically a commodity. Your, your business isn't so much, but 
um, selling title insurance is is a commodity. It's all regulated by the uh, the, the Maryland Insurance Administration, the MIA, and um, they're all all the rates are pretty much the same. Some fees are a little bit different. It's maybe a couple hundred dollars here and there, but we're basing our uh, you know sales pitches is on our reputation. And you know when you're when you prefer us in your to your clients and refer us to your clients. It's because, you know, you're the surgeon, you're the one who, who knows what's going on and what's best for their client. And well, you're to... giving me better credit. I, I want to clarify. <laughs> I never said surgeon. That's like one or two steps above what I think uh, I actually do. Well, I consider you a surgeon. You're <laughs> you taking go. you're you're taking a transaction and you're yeah. making sure that it's put together right. And that, you know, if you have to um, work on something, it's done correctly. Well, and I, I'll tell it to your face, but this is how I describe it. And if you're a client of mine, you've probably heard me say something to this effect. It's like, when I have someone and I call them a preferred lending partner, a title partner, I have very, very high expectations. And those expectations need to be met because I want to give 100% of my business to this company. And so the the threshold for you to be in that position for a decade means that you've performed a million times over and over and over and done all these things correctly. And then what's more important to me isn't when things are flawless and there's no hiccups and there's nothing to even talk about. It's all just most of them just happen beautifully and you're a non-entity almost it just happens yeah but boy does it matter when something doesn't happen correctly and like i say my value as a real estate agent goes up exponentially when there's a hiccup when there's something that doesn't go correctly and magically you need somebody with connections and that's what you offer and i'm going to get to your story in a minute too i uh -oh. think your life story i don't know i know this is scary yeah so we're because that's interesting by the way folks um he has a very interesting story about his life and i don't know your childhood the whole thing i only know a little bit we're gonna hurt it here wow oh yeah you didn't tell me that in the uh in oh the, don't worry about no. it we'll get there um but the point is it's like it's what you've been able to accomplish and to get our clients like when there's been crazy things that have happened and there has been um, you magically have the right connection or the right phone call. It's like, so I think that is what I would, um, stress to everybody. It's like, you better have a great team around you yep. that goes beyond the individual that you're working with. So I'll comment on that. Um, and you mentioned team, it's not just me. Trust me. I'm, I'm ADHD. I can't sit still. I drink, you know, a bunch of coffees in the morning and I run around like a chicken with my head cut off. But, uh, it's our team that really is just behind the scenes and and makes everybody look like a rock star. And um, it's, you know, they've been, they've a lot, lot, most of them are my friends. Um, I've known them for years and years. Uh, our, one of our lead processors, she's been, I've known her my entire life and she makes us look like a rock star. And when there is an issue, you know, we try not to let you know about it unless it's dire and that we can't fix it. And we can usually fix 99.9% .9 of the issues that we're dealing with. And, um, you know, it, it, it does, makes sense you know when when you think about how your team is really you know who you surround yourself with and and how important they are um, yeah i don't disagree so let's i want to answer a few basic questions so sure. i want to get kind of to the meat potatoes title first because i think a lot of people don't understand fully what it is what's it mean and really who you guys are honestly sure. um so let's start off with the basics um literally what is a title company and why do we need you so let's start with title. Title is a bundle of rights that someone has in a piece of property, and it goes, you know, back thousands of years from, you know, King um, Hanarabi on what different laws there are that affect people and, and society. And title is uh, really, you know, what laws strength, you know, property rights in, in 
countries are what's holding their society together. And property is basically a bundle of rights. And some people have rights in them. Other people have rights in them. Like BGE has a right to to run an electric line to your house. So, you gas, know, gas and electric, gas yep. and electric, or yep. whatever. Um, there might be an easement for a road. So that's a right that's in your property. But you have certain rights, and they're also subject to you know BGE or or a driveway or taxes. You know, there's you're you're basically a tenant in your house, subject to you know taxes, other people's rights. So what a title company does is we research. The title. We see who owns it. We make sure that that owner was a you know um, a legit person or whatever entity. Uh, that entity was you know a legitimate entity formed in whatever uh, jurisdiction, and and we research that, see what other rights are applicable to that. So if there is an easement going through you know the property and the house is put on top of that easement, that could be a problem. Um, we try to identify those issues. And we also see, you know, if there's a loan that needs to be paid off, if there's taxes or tax sales that need to be paid off, if there's a divorce where we have to make payment to the other to the to the spouse under their their agreements, um, we research all those. We we make sure that the buyer gets what they're entitled to get under the terms of the contract, and we deliver that uh, in the form of a you know a deed or or an assignment and assignments you know with a ground rent, and we also ensure the transaction, meaning that. We uh, ensure that the agents get paid, that the mortgages get paid off, that the taxes are paid, that the you spouse- disperse all the funds. Correct. We disperse right. the funds. So we're we're licensed, insured by the state of Maryland. Uh, well, not insured by the state of Maryland, but insured through bonds. And um, and we're attorneys, so we have a higher standard as well. If we abscond with money, we're all going to get disbarred, which um, there has been lots of instances of that. Um, this is probably one of the biggest industries fraught with fraud, aside from uh, Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that, you know, there's attorneys that I can point to at title companies who've taken their escrow funds and run off, but we basically ensure the transaction, make sure everybody gets what they're supposed to get under the terms of the contract to sale and that those rights that are contained on that piece of property and in those deeds and agreements that affect the property are delivered to the buyer. And so in a state like New York, right? So do they have the, the type of title company that you currently operate here in Maryland? Yeah. So, so what we that's do- an attorney state as they refer to it. Yeah. So I'm not ex super familiar with how New York works. Um, I know Maryland, um, in New York, so New York, really the, the real estate agent is just a marketer and then they hand it off to a lawyer who then, um, uh, hands it off to, to maybe a title company there. I'm not exactly sure. So well, I can tell you the fee structure is higher over there. Because I, my wife's from New York, and sure. I've had a fair amount of experience referring people up there. It's different. It's a lot different here. It's actually more expensive because here a lot of the contracts that we have, like our contract to sale, is all it's, templated. Yeah. So it's it, my understanding is what happened is uh, a long time ago the bar association. So I'm an attorney. You don't have to be an attorney to sell title insurance. You're we are selling an insurance policy, ensuring that the title that you're getting is good and marketable. Uh, or merchantable, there, there are distinctions there, but um, in in a state like Maryland where you don't have to be an attorney, you're selling title insurance that covers, so let's say um, we research property, we use outside abstractors and they fail to pick up a mortgage. And when we go to settlement, we, we you know, the deed passes, settlement sheets are signed, and then all of a sudden the lender comes out of the middle of nowhere and says, hey, you didn't pay me, I still have rights to this property, the title insurance will pick up and pay that that mortgage off or fight the mortgage, whichever way right. they want to go. 
Um, New York, I am not exactly familiar how that works because I'm not licensed in, in uh, New York or barred there either. Yeah. But I'll take your your word for how that works up there. And it's it's a little bit more complicated, but I think it's easier selfishly from a real estate perspective, from a realtor's perspective, it's a little bit easier um, because they don't do what we have to do. Because you're handing it off. You hand it off. Yeah. But at the same time, we have to work within the confines of a pretty templated contract because we're not attorneys either mm-hmm. we don't have to be and so we can't really edit that contract Correct. for the protection of both parties because you'd be practicing law so that's right the bar association in maryland this is my understanding they um they decided that it was the lawyers didn't want to do the contract so they came up with this form the mar form and the agents are required to use that form they can't adjust it they can't strike things now that's not to say that people don't oh yeah um, people get pe- very creative yeah um, now, is that practicing law? I don't know. I'd let the bar um, make that determination. Um, so people come to us when they need to alter those contracts, and then we're acting not as a title company, but then we have to switch our gears right. and put on our attorney caps and say we're actually practicing law. We have to get an engagement letter because then we uh, we are practicing law, and then our E&O on our legal side gets- Errors error and emissions. Yep. Yeah. Our errors and emissions is basically engaged at that point. Got it. And so- to be clear, so because you you talk about it all, you know, all the time. So sure. I want to be very clear. So basically, the deed is the right to the property. Correct. And so when that transfers over, that's what title insurance is able to title is. So ex, I guess explain the difference between deed and title. So a deed is what um, basically formalizes the title. Um, and I'm, you know, probably getting this a little bit off because it's you're catching me off guard. But um, the deed really encapsulates what rights you have in that property other than what's recorded in land records, because then you have notice. So if there's a, you don't have to put on the deed, the the right of BGE to supply gas and electric to the property. Um, you can, and that doesn't hurt. And in some commercial um, and in some deeds, you do do that. Um, like in commercial transactions, people will put, they'll list all the different agreements that affect the property in addition to the uh, the description of the property, which is, you know, from the pine tree to the oak tree to the rock to the other pine tree and back up, make a square, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and um, so the deed does do that. It formalizes it. It puts everybody on notice that you have rights to this descriptive piece of property. Um, and then you are on notice because public, because land records are public, you have notice of all these other agreements on the property. So, so when... So in another another mm-hmm. way to put that is deed is the actual document. Let's the call deed it. is the document that and gets title is the right. Correct. So yeah, you one can is think one of is it more of a. It's a way one's I, formalizing it and just showing you what yeah. it is. The other, you know, um, exactly. I'll 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 agree with that. That was the way it was described when I got my broker's license. They kind of described it that way. I was curious. Sorry to put you on the spot. No, there, no. But I was title is the see. legal theory of what you own. Right. It's the deed is what form. Correct. It's more of a title is a concept. Title is a concept is a piece of paper. Yep. Yep. Exactly. It has descriptions and the deed has the description of the piece of property, the grantor, the grantees. Sometimes, you know, if you're doing some estate planning, it'll have, um, you know, a life estate deed, which will say who, who the property goes to after the person has died, you know, the, the, the life tenant. Um, so yeah, it, it's the legal theory of who owns what the deed is, what formalizes it so that we can actually see it and, you know, gets filed. and this next question is the one that I'm going to cut and put on the website because this is the question I probably get maybe the most or one of the most related to what you guys do, which 
happens to be, do I really have to get that title insurance? Because it's not free. So, so I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Sure. One is, what is it? What is title insurance? You've gone over it, but I'd love to get a condensed version. Yep. And not only that, um, what does it typically cost? And do we really need to get the thing? I mean, really? Yes, yes, and yeah. 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 Uh -huh. So uh, the cost is, well, I'll start with uh, what is title insurance? It's like any kind of insurance. You know, you're insuring against um, things that you may not know of. So when we research title, title insurance, basically you're looking backwards in time. You're seeing what affects the property. So um, there's unknowns though. So let's say, um, you know, in and recently during the pandemic and during the blackout in Baltimore City, there's a lag in uh, our land records. So like I said, land records shows what everything affects title. What, what, what documents affect title? You have notice of everything. It's called record notice. Um, you'll see in land records, you know, the deed, the, the deed of trust, which is a mortgage. Sometimes the mortgage might be recorded in what's called the gap, uh, which is a period of time between when the deed is recorded and when it shows up in land records. So they're basically paper filed. They're getting better. Now you can do Simplify, which is an electronic um, transfer system. Um, and that's that, that lag has been, or that gap has been closed significantly but there's still a period of time in there where you can't see um, what's been filed. So say we go to settlement on the first, someone might record a mortgage, you know, a couple of days prior to that. We won't see that mortgage until after we've closed. And that mortgage, they have rights, that, that lender has rights in the property. And if we didn't catch it through our abstract, you would be on the hook. If you didn't have title insurance, you would be on the hook to pay that person's mortgage. Now you could go back and sue them and all this, but they might've taken the money and left the state, country, or whatever. Sure. So that insurance then comes in and it defends your title. So you wouldn't have to pay that mortgage off or sue the people, chase them down, whatever. It'll pay that mortgage off so you don't have to deal with it. Um, title insurance is pretty much a nominal fee for what you get. So let's say, you know, you buy a, uh, and here's, I'll give you an example because this is the prime example that, that I give. We had a client come to us. He bought a lot from a developer. That development had a $3 million uh, construct, had a $3 million development loan to put roads in, sewers, all that stuff. This guy uh, bought a um, lot for $500,000. He put a million dollar house on it. The developer and the title company, well, the developer never told the title company that they had a mortgage on it. That mortgage got recorded in the gap. And the uh, the owner then got a, a notice from, his from this lender that he had no idea saying that he owed $3 million on his house. And he only had title insurance on on the lot, which was like 400000 He didn't get it for the construction? He didn't get it for the construction. Now, they did work it out, and the title company came in, the title insurance came in and defended him, and or otherwise, because if he didn't have title insurance, he would have had to hire attorneys, sure. chase down the developer, chase down and see, you know, what happened? Did someone lie? Did someone not say that there was a loan on the property how did the you know how did that happen um so he came to us to help work through that issue and we finally got the title insurance company to uh to help defend it he had to put up a little bit little bit of money but he didn't have to put up the three million dollars right. so after he did that he then bought a three but i can tell you so that gives you some idea of kind of what it is so what does it typically cost so so it's the the it's it's all established they're called filed rates and the rates are filed with the uh, maryland insurance administration um it's a complex formula our computer systems do it i wish i knew how to do it by hand i used to it's 
it's a certain amount up to a hundred thousand, then it's a different amount from a hundred to five hundred thousand, then it's a different What's amount. What's the general rule of thumb? Let's say of four hundred thousand dollar house. A couple grand, like three grand. Um, and that's and, a reoccurring fee or a one-time fee? So it's a one-time fee. It lasts for the life of the property. There's two types of... Uh, well, life a, of the property or the I mean, life the, of you owning the property? So the life of you owning the property. You're Got correct. Um, so there's actually several types of policies, but there's regular and enhanced or basic and enhanced. Enhanced will follow you and it'll increase in value. Uh, it'll increase... Um, uh, it'll, it'll increase with inflation. So if, um, you know, you bought a hundred thousand dollar house and it's now worth 200,000 and there's a, there's a title insurance claim, it'll defend you to the 200,000. Is Even that pretty without, standard? Is that what most people quote out? That's an enhanced. Yes. And you normally, you normally want to quote the enhanced because of all the regulations with the lenders, you can't increase fees after the loan has been disclosed, right? After the CD has been disclosed. Right. So, um, we normally quote the enhanced just so everybody knows worst case scenario. And then you can always say, you know what? I only need the basic. Um, enhanced does cover uh, um, fraud. So, you know, you see these commercials lately with, hey, it's like life lock for your title. This covers your title insurance policy, generally covers that if you got the enhanced policy. Right. If there's fraud, like someone forges your name on a deed, you're generally covered. Right. And in terms of cost with it, I'm going to go back to that again. Sure. So, if I go to three title companies, do do all three have different costs associated with the title, or is it all pretty standardized? So it's all pretty standard. Like I said, I think in the beginning um, we discussed title insurance is set, and we we have three different underwriters, um, and they're all within like a couple dollars of each other. And when people are shopping us, like they might shop you, you know, they might see our settlement fees a hundred dollars difference, you know, more or less depending. You know, they might see. Um, um, like a release fee is a little bit more or less, but, um, they're all pretty close. Like when you shop title insurance, it shouldn't be like a $5,000 swing in, in price. It's going to be a couple hundred dollars at the most. Right. Yeah. So I, 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 I see it where you have two fee structures in your business, right? When you look at title, it's going to be your title insurance, which is one revenue stream, right? Correct. Because it's a product you can sell. And then the other is just for your services, the title services. So th those are like abstract uh, surveys. I know you wanted to touch on that. And those are all fairly close. Um, you know, we all charge a settlement fee because um, sometimes, you know, we, we, we do have other costs. And so I'll back up a little bit. It used to be that a, an attorney would search your title and they would then write a title opinion. And if there was a problem with the title, say the attorney missed a mortgage or whatever in the gap or or there's an heir in an estate because the states when they sell a property they're not guaranteed they're giving you a um they're basically giving you a deed without any warranties so uh it's basically a quick claim deed um so the seller in that instance isn't giving you a warranty so say an heir comes out the attorney in that situation would have to defend the title either themselves or their errors and emissions policy so there was a change a bunch of years ago where they said, you know what, let's have an insurance company. You can basically offload the risk sure. to another company. Um, so when it comes down to it, the fees are, you know, you have the title insurance, then you have like the settlement fee, maybe a doc prep fee, you know, um, some title companies don't have attorneys on staff, so they charge an attorney fee to sign the deed because all deeds in Maryland have to be signed off either by an attorney, the grantor, or the grantee. Um, most, most, buyers and sellers the grant the grantor is the uh is the seller the grantee is the buyer 
Uh, most buyers and sellers don't know how to write a deed and, you know, and, they, and if they do, they generally goof it up. Uh, and then when we see it, we have to kind of fix it. But um, the fees are all fairly, you know, similar. And when you shop it, take a look. And sometimes people are like, well, hey, this this company is charging, you know, $500 less. Well, okay, why is that? Then you got to take a look at the sell at the sell side. Sometimes the title company puts a fee on the seller side, which they're not entitled to. So under the Maryland contract, you're only entitled to charge uh, the seller fees incident to clearing title, meaning paying off a loan. Um, but we've seen recently, and especially in Southern Maryland, that title companies are including a fee on there, like a doc prep fee. They're not allowed to charge that. I see that, to but it's terms. usually in like Montgomery County. It's yep, that Rockville. Yeah, Rockville. Exactly. Yeah. We're seeing that creep up because everybody's shopping fees and it's literally, it's a couple hundred dollars. It's not, you know, I'm, and look, sometimes... If it's a hundred thousand dollar house, a couple hundred dollars makes a difference. Um, but not over there. There's no, no such thing as a hundred thousand yeah, no. dollar house over there. No, there isn't. Yeah. Uh, um, but so when we see that, we'll say, take a look at the seller side because the seller's gonna squawk and say, You can't do that. And then what happens is they put it on the buyer side. Right. So then it increases their their fees, you know, right. significantly right. sometimes. Well, and I can tell you it's you know, so I'm going to get through these couple questions because sure. then I have another question, which I'm so tempted to ask now, which I will. Who cares? Yeah. Um, why do I see title getting wrapped into it? So I just got um, introduced to like all these people that are trying to create real estate brokerages yep. that have built in title. They try to build the in Zillow, for example. I'm interviewing him, uh, I think, next week. Uh, we're, it's a Zillow executive that is going to describe what they're trying to do. They want to yes. they want an easy button. Yeah, they want to include title. They want their own lender. They want it all because they want all the auxiliary services with the real estate services to bundle it. Yeah. So how what, do you see that, or what have you heard about that? So it's basically like fee compression. You know, agents. Well, the brokerages uh, are basically you know hosting all these agents for pennies on the dollar. You know, you're paying an admin fee to the broker up to you know thirty thousand dollars or whatever it is. Then that agent or his team or whatever gets to keep everything from that well, and sale. i will say because i don't know the exact amount well, brokerages but. can change so every brokerage in the country has a different fee structure right that's one of them that's yep. that's typical of a lot of keller williams but there's also Colwell banker there's a bunch of them that have a, a fee where there's a max and yep. you get to keep the difference yep but i've heard it the brokerage side the real estate brokerage side it's like a race to zero yes where they're the brokerage side keeps going down and down and down because it's so competitive to get top agents yes so what's happening is the brokerages started the race to zero and they say how do we make money and they said title insurance and look title insurance can be a good revenue generator so can um selling mortgages you know doing lending um, so what they're doing is they're taking those ancillary companies uh, and trying to make the money off of that so that they can get the brokers. It's basically the the brokerage is the lost leader yeah. and they're bringing in the title company. But so the, the one thing we've noticed is that in-house title companies, in-house mortgage companies, they hire order takers who basically, you know, hey, you send me the order and I'll process it. And it's, you know, some, some person in the back room who's disgruntled and really, you know, isn't treating your clients how you want to be treated. When you come to us, we are not order takers, we're order makers. So we we want to make you happy because you're repeat. We want to make your clients happy. So we invest in the best technology, we invest right. in everything that we need to to make sure the process is as smooth as possible that everybody's happy. 
Um, you know, we frequently um, hear that the in-house title and in-house mortgage captures about 20%, 20, 22% of in-house um, uh, business. It's because, you know, they'll the, the agent will throw them a bone because they know they got to kind of do that to keep the lights well, on. I can tell you, because I'm on the agent side, the real estate agent side, is that there's not typically a good enough incentive to give those folks the business because they're not really sharing revenue back with the agent. Typically, Correct. some brokerages are trying to change that, but there's no financial incentive. And then you just stated a, a, in my limited experience with this, the in-house um, folks that are doing it aren't as good as the folks you can get that have made it on their own. You guys are good because you've made it on your own. Yep. You, it's not like- Well, you, thank you, I appreciate that. Yeah. If you were inside the Matt Ryan group and you were just in my little bubble, I'm gonna give you the deals, but it's like, you didn't have to earn it really. Exactly. And the difference is, is enormous. Yeah, so like I said, we're order makers, not order takers. And um, you know, it, it, it's, there's a huge difference. And I think you see that when you, when you deal with in-house, um, I get, I can give you an example of why, you know, we are able to capture agents from certain brokerages is because, you know, especially during the pandemic when they were like, look, you, you know, the, the, the in-house title companies were saying, you need to come to our office. You need to do this. We said, what can we do to help you? Can we send somebody? We'll send somebody in a full hazmat suit. Yeah. Um, we invested heavily in Ron, which is remote online notarization. We got very quick, you know, we became experts in it. We started talking to the attorney general's office about it because they were rolling out rules that no one understood. So we started communicating with them and they actually would communicate with us because we're attorneys too. We have, you know, several attorneys on staff that that can understand and decipher the uh the rules that they were putting out. And some of the rules no one understood and they didn't even understand what was going on. So yeah, that's one of the main reasons why it's, you know, beneficial to use a third party I'll title say company. That, I think it's a coming. I think there is going to be the Amazons of the world that are approaching and the Zillows of the world that are going to be going into this space. Sure. Because I think there's inefficiencies within the space that we operate. Yep. I do believe the total fee structure all combined is probably higher than it needs to be because of the inefficiencies. So I, you know, who doesn't love, everybody hates Amazon for clicking that, yeah. that darn button, right? But they're get, great. But I like one day shipping. Everything's one day I shipping like, for yep. free. It's like, you can't, so Everything. I, I bash them all day. And the next thing you know, I'm clicking the button. And so I feel like that is going to happen to our space. There'll be some benefits, but Absolutely. boy, there's some certain aspects of it that scare the living bananas yep. out of me. So, well, and it shouldn't because you're on the forefront of everything. I mean, you really are. I mean, we're sitting in this room again. It is, yeah. it's impressive. So there's always going to be fee compression, but are you, you know, and you're always going to want to order from Amazon. I order from Amazon, um, you know, but I still go to my local grocery because I want to see the meat there. I want to see the vegetables there. Um, you're not going to order a custom suit from Amazon, are you? No. Mm -hmm. So um, when when this started happening to like E-Trade and, and, and fee compression with real estate, with um, stockbrokers and, and, and those types of advisors... What happened was people started getting different designations. They started adding value to the product that they were selling. So yeah, you, there is the basic bear model of, hey, I'm going to be a day trader. I'm going to be on Robinhood or whatever that's called and and start you know selling with you know my phone and buying and selling and and um, selling stocks on my phone. But what happened is you know you're not maybe you are investing with E Trade or not. No, I, it, not. You know, no. generally you have. I some, pay the fee. I yeah. have. A, I have a. A friend or a, 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 conf, a confidant that you call and yeah. you're like, hey, I I want to buy this stock. And they'll say, well, hold on. 
Let's take a look at your portfolio. Let's take a look at the tax consequences of what you're about to do. E-Trade's not going to do that. So when you go to you, no one's so like Redfin and, and Zillow and all these other discount brokerages, people who are selling a $2 million house aren't going to go to, you know, Zillow or Redfin or uh, they're going to go to Matt Ryan and the Matt Ryan group because you guys have expertise that they're not going to be able to provide. Um, you know, AI is coming out and we can talk about AI all day long because it's coming, it's here, it's pretty amazing, it's scary. Um, and, you know, Redfin and all of them might have a lot of AI, but it still sometimes is is more beneficial, depending on what you're doing, to talk to a real life human so that they can analyze a situation that, you know, maybe AI can't recognize. I, I believe, and if I could see this, I remember, I, I listen to all the gurus out there in real estate, and Gary Keller is one of the gurus I've always appreciated. I think he's one of the smartest guys out there. He describes there's going to be compression in fees in general. Yep. And as a result, you're going to have more value. So, for example, if I want to continue the business that I have now, I'm going to have to serve a lot more people mm -hmm. at a lower fee structure and have a lot of it all like basically find a way to offshore some of the things that I'm doing inside the business. And I'm going to still have to provide an outsized value mm -hmm. relative to the fee I'm charging, more so than probably I can even deliver today. But instead of serving 100 families like I did last year, I'm going to have to serve 250 families. And instead of spending hours and hours personally each time with most of my folks, I'm going to have to find a way to do it in 60 minutes. Yeah. And I, I and have a lot of other systems in place that are the guardrails. And that's that's probably true to some extent, but I still believe that if I'm selling a two million dollar house that's super unique, that you know, it, I think that's the extremes. I think that's on the other end. I think yeah, I just before I came here, it was a very nice but very typical in Bel Air. It was like a three hundred thousand dollar townhouse, sure, brick front. I've sold one hundred and fifty of the same house before. I bet you there's a way to do that in, in a very uh, different fashion than currently is being done. And I'm hoping by this all, when this all hits, I'm going to be retired. Sure. <laughs> um, but I, I do think that is happening and it, and I think technology can be a, instead of a, um, you know, a sword, it can be, you know, a scalpel and you can help carve out your place in it. You know, instead right. of chopping up your business, it's going to help you raise up your business. So, you know, you are going to maybe have to do more volume. Absolutely. But I think you're going to be adding more value than just a red right. fin that's, you know, you go into a hopper and you're just a number and it's crunched up and spit out, right. um, you know, because you're going to have a different way to get higher and better value. Why do you think there's, you know, the Ryan Serhants of the world? He's he's or, or you know, uh, he's just one example, you know, but because he's adding different value, you know, you're right. going to come to a you to the Matt Ryan group and, and lawyers express title, because we're going to take a look and say, Hey, look, why are you going to redeem that ground rent? Let's take a look at that. Is it really worth doing? There might be a tax advantage um, to not doing so, or, Hey, you know, cause we're attorneys and we can actually look at that. That's why you might be, you know, the number one person, people are going to go to you and be like, wow, your, your, your team just really helped me more. I, I may have not, you know, I, I may have, um, you know, gotten a low, like a, a percent lower on the, on the brokerage fee, but I made out because someone said to do a 1031, right? You know, I did that yesterday, by the way, look at you. Shout See? Out. <laughs> I love it. And yeah. you know, it's, it's a, it's a great way to defer your taxes and, right. and not everybody knows that. Right. And we get, we get clients that come to us and, and, you know, through, through agents, you know, through the Matt Ryan group. And we, we try to 
you know, we take a look at the situation and we'll say, hey, look, you know, you can do something different or, you know, hey, why don't you do a life estate deed instead of just a uh, a regular deed? Because then you can skip probate. But I, what I think it is, it's like it's pushing all of us to actually think instead yep. of just do and collect money. Yep. And I think what still upsets me is that my industry specifically, I've I've just, I've taken an enormous pride. I don't have hobbies. You know this, it's laughable. Like my hobby is to research Tesla and to sell real estate. These are my hobbies. And body hacking. (laughs) No, (laughs) yeah, I'm really 65 years old. No, it's, um, but the, it's just that I don't have any outside hobbies outside of my family and those two. So it's, it's, um, it's something I take enormous pride in and I feel like I deliver a lot of value, but I still compete daily with someone that just entered yesterday, took a two week course and you know, through church. And I've mentioned it before, it, it's like, it's, but that's the reality. And every day someone sometimes selects someone like that because they know them in some capacity. Yep. And it's so easy to compete when in reality, it's like, boy, you for the same amount of money, you could get someone with a very different subset of talents and experiences and connections. Like what I'm describing with you guys, it's like when I was new, when I first started working with you guys, I was a nobody. And I could give you a handful of deals a year. It's You can't invest that much time in a relationship when they give you three transactions a year, you know? And so it's like, I don't know. So I find that in a way, the compression that we're describing is going to be a good thing for the industry. Yep. It's going to be harder to enter the industry. But I think at the end, it's, I always try to think of the positives. I think the consumer in five or 10 years is going to have less options they're going to go from 1.3 million real estate agents probably down to 500,000. Yep, and that's not a bad thing. But I don't think it's going to be a bad thing. And so, I think fees will also go down. Yeah, I think fees will, de- and they should, you know, um, there should definitely, you know, getting 5% on a on a million dollar house versus 5% or, you know, split mm-hmm. on a $100,000 house, you're probably putting in more work on that $100,000 house than the million dollar house. So why Often am I time. paying... You well, know, two and a half on I both sides. I should do sides. a whole podcast just on that because when people hear about, and I will, that's a good idea to describe it, where do commissions go and why aren't they cheaper? And, and, I have, and it's a good question. I have friends that are say, oh, Matt, hook me up, do it for nothing. And it, the reality of my business, the way that I have to structure it, I think because of the inefficiencies, the fact I have staff and payroll and all the, I, I it's not profit. My margins are less than 25% on average. They're, it, and that's with all, it's just the enormous risk. And then now that the market's down 40% in volume, I'm not making money this month. It's just the reality when you have scale and when you get larger, you can't do it for less the way it's currently done until AI and all these yep. other potential things enter the market. And I think AI is a big thing that, you know, I think, um, you know, real estate, it's antiquated, but yet it is, it is zooming forward. Um, you know, I know agents are looking at AI. I know you are. We've talked about AI and chat GPT and how that's going to change. You know, you put in, I need a, um, write a description for a two bedroom, you know, one bath home, well, half I, an acre. I think that's the low hanging fruit. I that think, is, but I it's going to help you with your fee compression because it's like, yeah. Hey, I can still do those hundred thousand dollar houses, make a couple dollars and concentrate on the higher dollar and make a little bit more. So that I can provide that value to everybody. Well, well, I think what's next on the list with AI specifically is they're going to be able to determine what you're looking at. Well, and this is what Zillow is going to do and the rest of them. And they yeah. already, I've seen some of the presets of what this looks like. It's amazing. People love to look at homes online. I don't care if, you, I do if too. your wife wants to move tomorrow. They're looking. I, it's it's like looking at, I, I, I probably shouldn't say this, it's real <laughs> estate porn. 
I, SNL I at, just did a skit on that like I, last year. I love yep. real estate porn. Yep. I yep. I look at you know I look at real estate all day long, and sometimes I get you know my my computer uh, screens are facing back, so yep. my staff can walk in and see what I'm looking at. And frequently, I am looking at you know the houses that we're settling, and I'm like, wow, that thing is really cool. Or, yep. You know, you have a lot of real. This house here is absolutely yep. gorgeous. Um, you know, the kitchen, and I love seeing that stuff. I like seeing ideas. Everybody does. You know, that's why it's, there's all these TV shows for it. And imagine what they're going to do with AI. So right now, we don't know what to serve you as a consumer when you're looking online. And most consumers are finding their own homes. Even when you set up with something like me, I have lots of clients. I do a full presentation. We set a saved search together. But you're seeing everything in that geographical area in your price category with very few edits because you mm -hmm. don't want to weed anything out. In the very near future, they're going to determine that you stop longer looking at kitchens with white cabinets white yep. granite or what white marble and you're going to be able to identify the type of homes that you like more yep. serve you more of them and then in advance when they're coming soon it's just that's happening very oh, soon and I, I think that's a really i think it's great for the consumer it's not you know hey you want to be in this neighborhood fine but i don't like white cabinets and they see how long you stay on brown right. cabinets or whatever so you're going to get a better selection of what's out there and yeah. you know, it's no different than the rest of your search history. It's just going to catch up the real let's estate. Let's not talk about our search history. <laughs> it's not that kind of no, podcast. No. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Cut that out. Yeah, um, that's funny. But the point is, it's getting, it's going to serve up better and better results. And so I'm looking forward to some of it. But I think a lot of the folks that have been doing this even longer than I have, they are terrified of what's to come. I actually think it's a good thing. And I, I want to back up to the E-Trade versus stockbroker, you know, versus um, certified financial planner. I think what, what we'll see is maybe you get a different designation, you know, expert real estate, you know, um, agent, you know, you'll have a designation in tax or, you know, you can, you can advise on 1031s. You can't do the legal work, but you can at least, you know, and if I'm looking at a different town and I want to know certain things, I'm going to look at the person who has the highest designation, not just the, you know, I'll, I might use Redfin or, or Zillow to kind of see what's out there. But then I'm going to go to somebody who's going to walk me through it because one, you take, you, you provide such a benefit in that you take a lot of uh, the, the, the time, you know, and effort that it takes to sort through and, and computers are going to help you do it to get me what I want. Um, and I think you're someone that isn't afraid to pay for that type of service. I do believe 50% at least are going to hit the easy button just like Fidelity and all these other companies take up at least half. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to happen. I think about half a consumer is going to hit the button where lending title, everything's all in one. They click a button. But the other half is going to be going to you. I think so. And it's going to be a compressed. And I think that's even smaller. better. And I think that's why you're yeah. going to benefit. Yeah. So I think there's a lot. And if you're a newer agent and you're listening to this and or you're someone that's considering real estate, I wouldn't take this as doomsday, although it is change is coming. Sure. So you better run towards the change. I know speaking to Gary Keller, he says, be the Buffalo, like run towards the storm, through the storm. You yep. know, Buffalo do Get that? through the storm as fast as possible. That's right. They run through it and you have to accept and embrace change. The reality is it's here. And if we all try to hide in the corner and say, nothing's going to change. I'm doing it this way for 25 years. I'm never going to, you're going to get just stompeded. It's going to yeah. be, you're going to get stamped down to the ground. So we, we, with our team, we just, uh, we had somebody come in to kind of do an evaluation and we did a, um, a CVI on everybody and see, you know, whether you're a banker, a merchant, an innovator. And, you know, we, we have some innovators who were the ones that are saying, Hey, this is the software we need to use. This is the technology. Right. Like, 
you know, we just had a whole thing on um, Ron today on, you know, hey, I know people are scared of having to log on their computer and do everything. And, you know, some of our sales agents and, and the notaries we use in the TIPEX, um, which stand for title insurance producer, um, they are scared of it. But I'm like, look, you're going to be in a room now. Instead of seeing somebody face to face, unless they want to be, you're going to be in a room using technology to make the transaction faster. Right. So you're going to be able to do more of them. Like you said, it's going to be fee compression, but you're going to be able to get through more of them, do them more efficiently and, you know, without driving around all day long. Right. You know, yeah. um, so I think technology is going to help out significantly. I think there will be fee compression, like you say, but I think you're going to benefit as long as you change and as long as you invest in in the new technology, you're going to benefit and, and I your think clients it, will I benefit. I think it has to be focused entirely on the consumer side what benefits yep. the consumer what do they want what do they want and i think there is such this is such an old school i, I refer to it as an old boys club yeah it kind of is even though the average real estate agent is a 59 year old female it's still on average you look good for a 59 year old female <laughs> but that's just the that is the typical realtor in the country but it's it's i call it an old boys club in the sense that it resists change at every turn and i think it's not necessarily in the benefit it's not to the benefit of a consumer always mm -hmm. it's to the benefit of the industry so the real estate association by the way is the largest uh trade organization in the country and they 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 do a lot of work to keep things the status quo in my opinion they do and you know you see the contracts and i know some people are disgruntled with the, the way the contracts were rewritten i think most recently you know kind of uh diminishes the value of them uh so you know being the largest trade organization you guys have a voice and you can have that, you know, changed mm -hmm. to your favor somewhat. Kind of. But and I want to change gears a little bit. We don't have too much time left, but I wanted to say if, if you know, this could be kind of just a little bit about you, because I know there are folks that might not be using you that are here in Maryland that have an opportunity to do business with you. So how did you get started? Because who wakes up and says, I want to be entitled? That's not something that i that think is most not people. what yeah no and, and i appreciate you letting me do a shameless plug um, yeah well, so explain a little bit well first off you grew up your local right yeah so i i grew up local calvert hall mount st mary's catholic university um went to law school uh wanted to be in an international wanted to do international law so i lived in several um i lived in south america and spain and um speak spanish uh fairly fluently it's you know when you don't live there you lose it but um, we have Spanish speaking uh, closing agents on our staff. Uh, so what happened was I went to law school, wanted to do international law. And then um, my buddy said, let's go to Spain and we're going to go see my sister. And I met my wife there and she's from Baltimore, but she was with my buddy's sister. Uh, came back, um, finished law school and fell in love and said, you know what? I don't think I'm going to move to Spain and clerked for two different judges. One judge, um, said, you know, why don't you go talk to my son? He needs a lawyer. I did litigation for about a hot minute. And then they said, well, you know what? I, I really went to them and said, you know what? Litigation's not my deal. I had a, I have lots of stories about litigation. Um, and I said, why don't we start a title company? And the, the firm I was with said, you know what? That's a great idea. You know, we used to have one. So I started our title company. Uh, it was called Lawyer's Choice Title. It's no longer around. And um, worked there for created that and did that for about 10 years. And at the same time that happened, and I tell this story frequently, is my sister-in-law, my wife's sister, started a title company at the same time. So 
we would go to Thanksgiving and, you know, look across the table and be like, you're stealing my friends and whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're taking my business. So I came together with um, my sister-in-law, Nicole Hewitt and, uh, and her partner at the time, Jessica Waker, and they had had a title company and I had been doing um, commercial work and they really didn't do a lot of commercial work because my family has been in real estate since 1904. We've been developing um constructing and and managing property for quite a long time, um, starting with my great grandfather. And I said, look, I know commercial, so why don't we come together? I had two young kids at the time. I said, I need to take, you know, some time off. And um, we formed, um, you know, what's really now Lawyers Express Title. And then our our ancillary law firm is HWK Law Group, uh, which we do estate planning and you know shout out to them i yeah, just I just, just finally got it done this yeah, week yeah did I'm you get your well good yeah the um, trust everything so yeah. we we do yeah. you know it's when you buy a house you know the next thing you really need to do is get a will or a trust or you right. know make sure that your estate is buttoned up um so no i did not want to become a real estate lawyer uh, in the sense that I'm selling title insurance because no one grows up wanting to sell no, title insurance. Nor, it's like most of us don't want to do what I'm like, doing either. Yeah. Nah. Well, yours is a lot sexier. There's no TV shows on title insurance. <laughs> there's TV shows where, you know, there's hot guys and girls running around selling. Yeah. They're driving around That's in Ferraris way, and Bugattis. Yeah, but my life, I like laugh so hard. I want like not everyone, but some of the people look at me like, man, you've made it. And I'm like, I just ate a peanut butter jelly in my car that looks like a bomb went off inside of it. And I have enough in the trunk to I could yep. live in my car for three weeks. But people see, yeah. people see the sexy side of it. They don't see the side that you're dealing oh with. Oh, my the, God. The seven days a week no. answering phone calls at the dinner table. And, you know, it, it's and, and you do. And I have so much respect for every agent that we deal with because I get calls on Saturdays and Sundays and I try to answer right away, right off the first ring. You know, because I know that you guys, if you're calling me on a Saturday or Sunday, uh, guys and girls, I need to, um, that it's something important and we want to make sure that we're there to help support you and answer those questions. I mean, every Saturday and Sunday I get calls and you know what, if I don't get calls, I feel like people hate me or don't like me or whatever. So I want to answer those calls and it makes me feel important. So I love doing it. Yeah. Um, But no, no one, no one looks to become a title insurance salesperson. Well, I just assumed it was a natural progression. I just, because of your family's history, it's like, what's interesting is your family has, has produced a lot of the homes, right? The neighborhoods that I sell every day. And it's just really interesting to see your last name on these, you know, on the plaques that are, that are, that I've transacted over and over and over again. And it's like, so I wish we were getting money on every one of those, but well, we need we, a royalty deal yeah, or something. No. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, I don't want to say it's in my blood cause that's cheesy, but, um, you know, I talked to my father, I just, you know, I talked to my brother, my uncle and my cousin, you know, once a week, at least I talked to, you know, somebody in our family and we make certain decisions together. Um, but it is, it's, you know, it's been a great, um, it's a great career to be an agent, to be entitled, to be, you know, doing this because you are, you're, you're helping people. And so, you know, selling title insurance isn't sexy, but, but helping people get into a house. So, you know, when I was doing litigation, it was, you were fighting with somebody all the time. Um, you know, giving a deposition to somebody is just, you know, it's, it's not fun. No one likes it. No one likes to be deposed. Right. Uh, but everybody likes to buy or sell their house. Hey, you're either getting a pile of cash or you're getting keys to the, your, to your dreams. And you know, that's such a rewarding experience and you, you see it every day too. You know, it's a great, it's a great thing to be, you know, involved in that person's life. It's a, the biggest investment they'll ever make. And right. if you do a great job and everything goes smoothly, which 
you know, if you're using the Matt Ryan group, it does. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's such a rewarding experience. Right. So, well, I think it's the people side. So we've talked a lot about how things are going to change, but I do, it, it's going to be a little bit sad. I think when you take out the people element and we start implementing more tech, even more tech, and then even more tech and AI, it's like some of that is the experience. Yeah. So the folks I just toured homes with right before I came here, they're a young couple engaged about to get married this summer and they want to have a first home right before they get married. It's like, it's not, that's why I, it's not Groundhog's Day because it's people. But yeah. to them, this is their first time ever experiencing it. And it's really, that's still the part that makes it's, you know, I have sales numbers and goals, but it's still the people aspect. And to me, that's so refreshing. It's why I don't mind eating a ham sandwich in the car or whatever. It's just like. You eat a, you eat a ham sandwich because you're cheap, not because they're. <laughs> no, that too. Kidding. That too. Yeah. Well, it's whatever is made for me is the honest truth. My wife's listening. Um, whoever's kind enough to help keep me going. Yeah. But it, I, you're right. It does. It, it makes you feel good, you know, helping people get into their house and um, seeing, you know, that they're stoked and that their kids are like, I mean, I remember moving into our first home, you know, um, the, the, the home that I, I grew up in, uh, I was seven and I remember getting to, you know, choose my room. And that was yeah. such a cool experience. And it was, you know, just a great thing to be, to be able to experience and, you know, getting people in houses is a great experience because homeownership is so important in this country. It helps you save. It's basically for savings right. and it builds wealth. I mean, there's all kinds of studies on how much, you know, the, the, the differences between, um, a renter yeah. and an owner. It's Rent, it, it for the average American. That is the difference between what they have and what they don't have at age 65. Yeah. It's whatever the average value is of a home in, in this country is literally the difference between a renter. It's it, less than, it blew my mind. I always hear this statistic, but it's less than $10,000 is the net worth of an really? American at the, over the age of 65, if they're a renter. Yeah. And if they're a homeowner, it's over $300,000. Yeah. And what do you think that difference is? It's the value of the home. Absolutely. And, and that's why it's just, I am passionate about getting people to become homeowners. And my big passion is, is to become a multiple homeowner because an investment property, everyone is not your home, not the one you live in. It's that's a liability because you live in it. Yeah. So it is. If you read rich dad, poor dad, oh, sure. and you know, they say your house is not a piggy bank. And it's not, it's forced savings. Right. You know, it's not an investment. It's because it is a liability. You have to pay taxes, a mortgage or whatever, you know, maybe you have to live somewhere. You have to live somewhere, but it is for savings and it right. does, you know, it, it's just like when, you know, you talk to your financial advisor, you know, the people at your, your work and they say, just put the minimum amount in your 401k because you'll never miss it. You know, if you keep making your mortgage payment, which has the principal and interest, you know, you're going to keep putting money away. And when, when it comes time, you know, when that 30 year mortgage or whatever it is, you're going to have a bigger net worth than somebody who didn't. That's right. Well, that's it. I don't want to keep you too long, but this has been, we could talk forever. We could talk forever. I BS with you forever. Anyway, we just need a beer and sit outside somewhere sunny. Yeah. We're in like a, a dark studio right now, but I think this was good. I, I hope I didn't, I hope we didn't get too, too technical because we went down the rabbit hole a little bit. But I think it's I think it's interesting because it's what we do. But if you're listening and you got something from this, I think it's a win-win for everybody. And so, but you know, Chris and his whole team at Lawyers Express Title, they're local here. If you haven't used them yet, if you're an agent, give them a try. 
Um, I've certainly been satisfied with them over the years, and so I appreciate you joining me. I appreciate me. that, Matt. And yeah, it's been it's been a pleasure. And um, and I think that's basically it. So if anyone needs anything from good old Chris, he can be found. He is not hard to find, as they say. Yeah, so just I look him up that. online. CKLT at HWKLawGroup.com or LawyersExpressTitle.com. There it is. We'll have the links. We'll hashtag it up. Thank you. We'll do it. I don't even know what a hashtag is, but uh, let's don't go. Don't worry about it. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you.